0: Hey, thanks for joining us for week four of At The Table. You know, we've covered some pretty interesting topics in this. When you got it kicked off, it was breakfast with Jesus on the beach. Pretty amazing, right? If I'm eating with Jesus, I want that meal. Yeah. Don't you? Absolutely. I mean, seriously, when we get to heaven, don't you want to sit on the beach and have like fried fish with Jesus? Absolutely. Golly, that sounds good. But you know, we we left that and we covered a few more meals. So we talked about last week, Jesus turning water into wine at a wedding feast, right? The week before that, we talked about Zacchaeus coming out of a tree and Jesus having a meal at his home. It it feels like every time Jesus sits at a table, something miraculous happens. So in today's story, uh, Bobby and I are gonna talk a little bit about Jesus, once again, having a meal with someone that the religious elite thought were just horrible. I found this to be true, Bobby, that what, what happens at a table says a lot about your family. Yeah, but true. who sits at your table says a lot about you. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is invited by a Pharisee. You know, I've noticed this, that, um, that in today's story, we have three main characters. And when you read the text of them, it'll become obvious. But so you've got the Lord Jesus and you've got Simon, this Pharisee. And then we have a woman that crashes the party. I mean, already knowing that you know culturally, she didn't have she didn't have any business being there, right? But what she does is fascinating. But I've I've noticed this: having a blended family, everybody brings luggage to the party. I mean, we all have baggage, right? That's right. Uh, this lady had an extraordinary amount of baggage. What we hear about her over and over again when you read this text is that she is a sinner. Yeah. I mean, we we don't hear that she's pretty. We don't. We don't hear anything except she is a sinner. Um, We all bring baggage. You bring baggage. I brought baggage. The, The great thing about coming and sitting at the table with Jesus is he takes it from us. But I have noticed this, that you have to be willing to let Jesus take the baggage. That's right read the text for us before I get ahead of myself.
1: Here's what it says in Luke chapter seven. If you have a Bible app, I'd encourage you to follow along. Or if you're watching on live.sugarhill.church, you can click the Bible tab and follow along. But here's what it says in Luke seven, starting in verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his house and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman Mm -hmm. is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? And Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right. Jesus said, then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, the Pharisee, look at this woman who's kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Mm. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. Mm. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she, she's anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And I think this is so powerful because everybody brings baggage to the table. She's got past regrets, (laughs) fears, immorality according yeah. to jesus and yet there's something in this encounter that we can learn even in the middle of covid19
0: yeah i when i when i picture this meal bobby i can hear my dad um <clears throat> i had a uh I had, I had a girlfriend when i was a sophomore in high school and you know how much of a girlfriend do you have a sophomore in high school but anyway does jenny know about this probably not okay and uh and my dad, I'll never forget, he came into my room one evening before I went to bed and he sat down, he had this real serious look on his face. And he said, Chuck, I wanna, I wanna remind you of something. And he said, that girl, she's gonna get you in trouble. If you keep hanging out with that girl, she's gonna get you in trouble. I'll never forget my dad. I mean, there was no kidding around. It was just like, son, you're about to make a mistake. Wow. And he pointed out the baggage that she was still carrying. Now, I think my dad, you know, if if he had seen her come to faith in Christ in a service or maybe personally, or he could hear a testimony, he might would have extended grace. But the fact is she was kind of known as one of those girls, Mm. you know? Uh, And I can remember, I, I made this radical change from her to someone Else over the course of a month or so, and I can remember my dad when this young lady came to church with us and then came home from Sunday night church and ate, and it was like my dad was looking at me with, you know, two thumbs up. But that's how I imagined this girl. Hmm. But here's what I hear loud and clear from the text. Three or four times we hear she was a notorious sinner. What I hear is that there's a uh, Simon the Pharisee says to Jesus, come to my house have a meal, she crashes the party, she spends her time worshiping Jesus, and then the Pharisee gets, gets ticked off. And he's ticked off because in his mind, it's like, uh, you know, you're probably not worthy of that. What about right. me? I and mean, so Jesus clarifies that, knows what he's saying, and so, you know, you didn't even do the courtesy of what people typically do anoint my head with oil. And by the way, that wasn't just for Jesus. That was a common practice. Right. If you come from a long, dusty trip, then your feet were washed yeah. and you were anointed with oil. And that, that oil, was, it was both cleansing, but it was also a picture of goodness. It was a picture of God. Right. And so uh, in this time, what we find is that Jesus forgives much. The kind of the punchline of the whole story is Jesus forgives much. He had been noted as this incredible sinner Even Jesus acknowledges it, but I love the fact that at this meal, Jesus offers forgiveness, and because of that, he he extends grace. That's right. Uh, When you you came to faith in Christ, and and when I came to faith in Christ, Jesus forgave, and in doing so, extended grace from the cross all the way to our heart. That's what he's doing in this young lady's life. And she can't get over it. Mm. I I wonder sometimes, have we just gotten over that? I mean, have we just missed the wonder of the fact that Jesus died on a cross, was buried for us, rose from the dead, and lives within us and welcomes us in heaven? Have we just gotten over that? Mm. Because clearly she hasn't. She is like maxed out with gratitude. I love that picture, because this
1: Pharisee, in so many ways, was respected in his community. He did everything just right. He kept all of the rules. That's right. And what ended up happening over time is instead of helping other people come to Christ, here he is being ticked off that this yeah. lady is coming to Christ. Yeah. I think that's a great lesson for us to think about that as people, as a church, we are sinners mm. that ought to be sharing Jesus with other sinners. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you remember the old preacher quote. I, I wish I could remember who first said it, but one, one guy described preaching as this. He said, it's just one beggar telling mm-hmm. another beggar where to find bread. I think that was a Billy Sunday quote. Yeah, that sounds right. And I think that's a great picture for us to think about in this day and age that it's easy for us to develop this us versus them mentality. It's easy for us to think, well, I've got it together. I've, you know, I'm at the table with Jesus. Right. And if we're not careful, we'll miss the people that Jesus came for. Yeah. Because only Jesus can forgive anybody, us, anybody else. Right every one of us needs that forgiveness. Yeah. The Bible is crystal clear that regardless if you're a Pharisee or a normal person, whether you grew up in church or out of church, that all of us are tainted by sin. Well, that's so true. And that our sin separates us from God. Yeah. So regardless of our pedigree, regardless of our title, regardless of all the stuff that the world makes a big deal about, we need the forgiveness that only Jesus can bring. And so my question for us to think about as we walk through this is do our interactions with other people help them come to Jesus? Yeah. Because just like this woman, we all have baggage and there's people around us that are broken and there's people that are burdened and they're needy. And so are are we gonna look at them Mm -hmm. like they're this terrible sinner? Right are we going to look at them as somebody that Jesus wants to forgive Mm. and Jesus wants to come alongside in my own mentality? It's the shift from God's not called me to be the judge and jury pointing out everybody's mistakes and faults and how they've messed up. My job is to think more like a doctor, Mm. And to say, man, there's some symptoms there. There's something underneath the surface. How can I help bring a remedy? Gosh, that's good. And obviously the remedy is Jesus. That's why this lady is invited by him to the table. It's so powerful. And so it's an opportunity to show kindness to people around us. It's an opportunity to have this gracious spirit and mercy and to pray for other people. But here's the thing that I do know is for us to have the same mentality as Jesus is it will cost us something.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's messy. Yeah. It always, it's possible. always messy, isn't it? I mean, my dad used to say uh, ministry would be a piece of cake if it weren't for people. The problem is people. That's why you're in ministry. That's right. You know. But but what I can imagine is uh, like a Wednesday night supper at church. You remember having those when you were a kid? Absolutely. Wednesday night supper. And it was like a really bad sloppy Joe and tater tots. And uh, I can remember going and uh, in Daytona. In First Baptist Daytona Beach, where a lot of my childhood was, yeah. um, we would have people wander in off the street to eat with us. And uh, there was one old guy there that was kind of in charge of the buns, you know, or the bread. You That's know. a good job to have. <laughs> he was the buns or the bread or whatever that part of the sandwich was. And, and I, he was the one guy that welcomed any of those folks that walked in off the street. Okay. And uh, my dad would always point out to me, you know, just look at that guy. You know, his name was Harvey. He'd say, you look at Harvey. And since then, I've always imagined, I, I wonder at this table what the self-righteous Simon the Pharisee must have thought when she crashed the party. Yeah. You don't belong here. You, you're not worthy of being here. You're not worthy of my presence. And sincerely, sincerely, he doesn't know to understand the presence of God either. He He's simply there thinking he's the man. Yeah. But then what happens is Jesus' attention goes from the person that is a self-righteous religious leader and his attention goes to this notorious sinner, uh, the harlot of the community. And what I find is that she understood this this really huge point that I think we have to grasp. And that is we have to recognize the degree of desperation Mm -hmm. of our heart and our need and extend his grace. To sit at the table with someone that is going to cost you something to be in that relationship. It it speaks to us that that we if we have been given for if we have been forgiven much, we are to forgive much. But I've learned this, Bobby, and I've seen this in church life and I've seen it in in every aspect of life. I have found that the person who has been forgiven greatly, that person finds it easier to love greatly. That's right. I mean, uh, I'll never forget, there's this guy who uh, we met. I was, I was a bus captain on a bus ministry in First Baptist Daytona. I was 13 or 14, and I was a bus captain. You That's know, crazy. the guy that drove my bus uh, was a guy that uh, had gotten saved in prison. And man, he, Jesus was just all over this dude. And uh, I'll never forget that he, my dad specifically put him on my bus to be my driver. And I, I, I'm convinced after all these years, that my dad put him there for me to recognize that here's a guy that never got over Jesus. He died mm-hmm. several years ago, and hundreds of people came to his funeral wow. because he was, he was the kind of guy that when he came into church, you would think, he doesn't belong here. But what happened is he'd been forgiven much, and, and as a result of that, he loved muchly. Yeah. I don't know if that's a word, but he I like it, He loved muchly. I, I love that picture.
1: Absolutely. All of us have those encounters. Maybe there's somebody that came to mind as Chuck's talking about the bus guy that never got over falling in love with Jesus. Yeah. Or maybe the bun guy. That's a funny name. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Greeting, welcoming people. And so here's a question for us to think about today is, has there been an encounter that sticks out to you? Mm. Has there been somebody that that when you got into a relationship with them, it causes, it did get messy, but it was an opportunity to extend grace. Yeah. I don't know exactly why Jesus ended up in the house of a Pharisee because typically they butted heads. Maybe they were trying to trip him up. Maybe they were trying to to catch Jesus in some double speak or something. Yeah. But what we do know is that the moment that Jesus sit, sits down, this woman shows up, yeah, and she spends that time worshiping him. Mm over and over and over again. And what I love about this picture, and you can define worship in a lot of ways. I know a lot of times we think of it as a song or we think mm-hmm. of it as a service, but mm-hmm. really this is a great picture of worship where she doesn't hold anything back. Yeah, yeah. Where she just loves him. She loves him. She loves them. She pours out everything that she has. She's And Jesus is cutting through all the norms of the day. He doesn't care about gender. He doesn't right. care about class. Yeah. He just sees her as a person that needs him, and what I love yeah. about this is that she is all in. Yep. She doesn't hold anything back. She pursues him with all of her heart. Oh yeah, yeah. And at the same time, that's
0: what God does for us. Hundred percent. That God. It is a picture, though, isn't it? I mean, it's a, it's such a picture of how the Lord pursues us. I imagine her, like you say, hundred percent all in. And uh, the norm of the day would be she doesn't deserve the right to sit there and do that, but she poured her all out. And as a result, the Lord Paul poured all of him. This is how he pursued her. It's how he pursues us. Jesus is seeking that which is lost. I love that.
1: And so I want you to take just a couple of minutes, a couple of moments. Pastor Zach and the team's going to come back with us. And man, I want you to think about the words of the song. Yeah. I want you to think about the heart behind it that here's a lady that, that that poured everything out in pursuit of God, mm-hmm. and it's in response to a God that pours everything
0: out in pursuit of you. Amen. Just a few chapters later
2: in the Gospel of Luke, we hear this parable from Jesus that teaches us how he pursues us and seeks us out even when we haven't done anything to earn it or deserve it. How he He goes after that one lost sheep. He, he leaves the 99 and he pursues the one that is lost. This song reminds us of that character of God. Before I spoke a word you were singing over me you've been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me So, so kind to me Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love of God Oh, it chases me down Fights still I'm found Leaves the 99 I couldn't earn it And I don't deserve it I'm <laughs> not and earn it and I don't deserve it but still you
0: Hey, welcome back, and thanks for joining us today. And thanks, Zach and Lee, for leading us. I love that song, don't you? That's great. So let's go back to the table where Jesus, Simon the Pharisee, and his harlot is. And you, by the way, I think one of the small things at the end of that text that I absolutely adore are three words that I love to use, but they're Jesus. He's the original founder of this. Go in peace. This is what she needed right but there's only place to receive that the only place to get that is Jesus so if you want peace at your table then Jesus is the only one that can bring that right so i i would say that's kind of a key point but i'm ahead of myself a little bit let's take a look at the stark contrast of what's going on at the table so we have these three main characters maybe there were some other people a lot of scholars believe that Simon the Pharisee invites Jesus to the table and so we got these three and i Did you ever notice that Simon the Pharisee, he never criticizes the lady for what she does. Now she's worshiping Jesus, Her tears are literally anointing and washing his feet. Her hair is literally drying. She cannot stop worshiping him. So there's this picture that the forgiveness of her sins, she can't get over. She can't get over the fact that Jesus the Lord is the real deal Mm. in her life. But Simon the Pharisee, he never criticizes her. He criticizes Jesus for why Jesus isn't criticizing her. That's interesting. And I I look at that and I think to myself, when he says her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. The difference in these characters is you have a righteous Pharisee and you have a broken woman. Jesus is always drawn to the broken, but we never read him being drawn to the self-righteous. He makes this point here, that at the table he is drawn to her need and her brokenness. I believe, Bobby, that her brokenness is a picture of her coming to Jesus and it's so well done on her knees, head down, tears, and she can't get over her adoration for the fact that Jesus, her Lord, has extended grace to her. But there is a stark contrast between her and Simon. Absolutely. Yeah. The great challenge, I think, as we
1: read this is to say, man, let's not let anything get between us and Jesus. For the Pharisee, I think he probably started out with good intentions. He mm-hmm. wanted to do what was right. He tried yep. to obey the law from the Old Testament. He tried to do everything just right. The problem is it stayed on the outside of him. Yeah. Yeah. And never really got to the inside of it. Oh gosh, that's good, yeah. And so what's what's easy is when you're around the things of God so often that we become numb to it. And this is especially true for people that have known Christ for a long, long time. If we're not careful, mm. we'll assume it's always been that way. We'll assume, man, this is just normal. But the truth is, normal is being separated from God. Normal is not having forgiveness. What ought to be true is every day that we'd come from a place of gratitude. Yeah. That we'd yeah. be so blown away that Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, and that we'd live in such a way. And I love how you say this. You said that you could follow Jesus and not be weird. Yeah. And sometimes people are like, what does that even mean? Yeah. But we, we've known sort of manufactured I love Jesus people. Yeah. But haven't yeah, you been yeah. around people that when you walked away from them, you just sensed that's a real person. Yeah. Yeah. They care. Yeah. They love Jesus. So that's a great takeaway for us, or at least for me, is I'm like, man, how can I live this way? How can I live in such a way that, that people would say, just like they said of her, man, he loves Jesus. Yeah. But the yeah. second piece of that is just that reminder that Jesus moves with great forgiveness to that sense of peace. Yeah. In verse 38 it says those words that you already referred to but it's so powerful when we meet her she's standing behind Jesus she's weeping she's worshiping him and he ends this by saying now go in peace. If there's anything that any of us need it's peace with God. Yeah. We may think we need something else. We may think, well, I need a little bit more job security, right? but what we really need is peace. Or we may yep. think I need better health, but what we really need is peace. Or what yep. we may think is, we, and our list can go on and on and on and on, but at the end of the day, the one thing that every single one of us needs is peace with God. And so she goes to Jesus, hmm. she worships Him, and she leaves with Jesus
0: saying, you can go yeah. in peace. You know, I... Um, I, most of my family meals growing up was at a peaceful table. Our, our family was, it was pretty peaceful, honestly. You know, it was, we enjoyed doing things with each other, but I, I remember a few times where you had those tense meals, right. like one of us three kids had done something weird and there was a little, like, we call it my house being tookey. You know, somebody was a little tookey. And, uh, and, the, and the meal got weird. And you know, when that, when that happens, what you desperately need at the table is peace. When your marriage is on the rocks and you sit at the table together, you need peace. Uh, when your children are wayward and you're praying your guts out for that kid, you need peace. When, uh, when, when someone at the table's health has fallen off the, off the chart, you need peace. Yeah. I mean, the common denominator across all of our need is this one word, peace. And Jesus makes such a big deal when he says go in peace. But I think, that, uh, I think peace comes with all kinds of uh, baggage in and of itself. Like we believe peace is when there's no, uh, there's no description or there's no outward volatility. You know, it's just everything, is, uh, everything seems to be cool. We're just kind of playing. right? I think that it's a kind of an underlying picture of this self-righteous Simon the Pharisee, who I think you're right. I think his intentions started good. But in the middle of that, what shone through him was the fact that he was perfectly confident in himself, not recognizing that God himself, the second part of the Trinity, had entered to the table at his house. But Jesus then sees her desperation and what he gives her is peace. Now, there there are a lot of Bible scholars that would say she had already been saved before she came, which is why she worshiped. I'm not sure if I subscribe to that theory, but it would make sense. I don't think that's the big deal. What I think is the big deal is the stark contrast that we have to recognize about how we come to the table. Do you come to the table today with a heart of gratitude? Do you come to the table today desiring peace? Because there is no hope for peace among the table unless there is peace with our heavenly Father. That's right. And so if we want to have peace in our marriage and in our family, If we want peace in our own life, as we sit at the table, we only have one hope. And that's found in getting our life aligned at peace and in peace with God the Father. And he's made one way for us to do that. And that is just like this woman, to fall at the knees and look at Jesus and say, would you come into my life and forgive me of my sin? Would you take over my life and be my Lord? I wanna turn my life around, I wanna make a U-turn, and Jesus, I wanna follow you, not me. And I wanna thank you, Jesus, that you died for me, and you rose from the dead for me. It was my sin that put you on a cross, and it was your love for me that caused you to raise from the dead. And Jesus, I wanna trust you today. My friend, if that's your prayer, you don't even have to recite it. You can just say, Jesus, that's, that's the desire. Of my heart, right now, he is faithful to answer your plea and give you peace. Will you take it? Will you take it and bring it to your table, that you might experience the overflowing power, presence, and peace of Jesus the Lord. Friend, listen, if you've done that, you're as sure for heaven as you were already if you were already there, but if right now you just did that. I wanna invite you to just get in the chat box and send us a note. We'd love to send you some free information about how you can begin your walk with Jesus. It would mean the world to us to hear from you. There's nothing like sharing what Jesus has done at the table. So let me pray for you. God today, thank you. Thank you that Bobby and I have the privilege to open up your word and we know it never returns void and it always accomplishes the purpose for which you sent it. So God, speak into our lives and let us answer in obedience and worshipfully, in awe at how much you love us in spite of ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. So friend, as you leave today, let that Jesus go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Let him go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment, because he is always good and you are always loved. And my friend, when things are difficult, hop on his back. He can carry you, I promise, but he's not gonna carry you around the problem. He's gonna carry you right through the middle of it only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you so you can hear your savior say, my child, say it with me, I love love you. God bless you, friend. Whatever you do, go in peace. Well, thank you guys
2: so much for watching. We have thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with you all. Hey, I don't want anybody to feel like we may make light of this time. This is definitely a challenging time. And if you ever find yourself in need of prayer, we would love to have some prayer with you. So why don't you go ahead and submit a prayer request in the comments. Or if you feel like being more discreet, you can always email us at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com. Guys, we love you all so much. God is on the move and he's not going to stop just because it is. We'll see you guys at 7 on Wednesday for our midweek service, and then we'll all see you next week. Till then, go in peace.